Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wildcats podcast joined by the venerable John Schuster and the precocious Ben White. I am merely Mike Luke. All right, guys, we have got a ton to get to this show. The comments coming in hot and heavy. Uh, Anthony Humbert, I say I agree with you. It's uh, these moral victories are uh, t- are they're tough. But I'm, we're going to start with the good right here because, quite frankly, there's a lot of good stuff to take away from this game. First and foremost. I, I don't come away from this game thinking that there was a huge mar- or a huge margin between these two teams. Shoe, you messaged me that during the game that Arizona, you could make the case is better. Arizona shot themselves in the foot time and time again. We're going to get to all that, but considering everything that happened, this was a pretty this was a pretty I think inspiring performance considering how Arizona got down and where they were able to get. I hope Wildcat fans have uh, refills on the ready for their heart medication. Because Arizona is 100% entertaining, 100% maddening, and this is what you're going to get all year long. You're going to get hashtag, what are you doing? And you're going to get hashtag, yay, keep doing that. Uh, the Arizona, I, I, if you do the old, hey, these teams played 10 times, I think Arizona wins seven of these games. I agree. Uh, I think they were the better team, and they were, and, and one of the areas that I think was more impressive. And before we get too carried away here, Mississippi State's decision to completely change its offense helped Arizona defensively a lot. But that is an aside. Arizona still caused all kinds of havoc on the defensive line and I think was better on the offensive line, too. And that's an important distinction. And you expect that against NAU. You're going to see it against UTEP. But Mississippi State, which is, you know, going to be a middling team in the SEC, still has SEC talent. And Arizona, I think, was the better football team. And that says a lot about where the program is headed. Is it frustrating? Yes. Can you turn the ball over four times? Clearly, you can't do that. There, and, and, and this is going to be a constant, it looks like, element of conversation. You're going to have a quarterback who is going to be a lightning rod. Because he does make great plays, and then he makes bonehead plays. And trying to work your way through that is going to be something that either the Arizona football program, he's going to have to make necessary improvements, or Arizona fans are just going to be dealing with this, and the football program is going to be dealing with this for his tenure here. And it's one of those things, especially when you're in some nip-and-tuck matchups, where if you make mistakes like that, you shouldn't have any you're you're going to lose close games. Now, again, at the end he makes a great play in a but he doesn't or which is nullified by about 6 inches in a situation and it's it's not a the whole problem, hell of a lot though, you can do about that but the whole not a whole hell of a lot you can do about that is kind of like Arizona's mantra. But if you look at the two plays earlier, if he makes two good passes, you're not in that situation and that's kind of one of the things that I think you're going to deal with this dynamic overall this year. Yeah, but I think the problem, though, guys, and Ben, I'm curious to your thought, and then shoot back to you, is that with with JDL, and again, we're going to get to the defense, because I think the defense was absolutely outstanding. Shu, I thought you hit the nail on the head when you said they made good adjustments. They showed that. But JDL now is in his third year as a starting quarterback at the Power 5 level, and there are just too many 
let's just be honest here, dumb things that he does that make absolutely no sense. Those picks in the first half almost uh, were, were terrible. And then when he threw the interception in the fourth quarter, he should have just run for that uh, for that first down there, Ben. Yeah, what's so frustrating about it is, you know, he's he's been a Pac-12 college football player for three years now, and he still hasn't quite figured out that line between being aggressive and just being in check, right? Right. The third down play is a perfect example. Take the ball, run it. But to me, the offensive line gave him plenty of time, all game to make plays. The running right. game was there despite some challenges early. But Jaden Delora, for whatever reason, he can have somebody five, six yards down the field. He can have plays right in front of them, but he's going to do whatever it takes. It seems like more times than not, and especially in this game, to get those extra five to ten yards. And when you do that, when you take those risks, when you throw into double coverage, um, when you don't take the wide open lane up the middle where you can rush, it's going to do more harm than it is good. And as a result, you saw four interceptions from him, three back-to-back essentially there in the first half. And you can't do that this far in. You can't do that against a team like Mississippi State on the road. And I think that's what's so frustrating about it is the whole team played very, very well. I think the defense did a heck of a job, which we're going to dive into. The offensive line gave him plenty of time, plenty of time to make plays back there. Even though sometimes the pocket did collapse, he was able to extend plays and be smart. But he's got a lot of good things. But those bad things just come at the worst possible moments. And tonight was a perfect example. You needed to take what the defense was giving you. And more often than not, what was so frustrating about it in key pivotal moments, he wasn't doing that. And, and Shu, what's frustrating too, I think about it, is that you can tell, especially on the offensive side of the ball, there's a lot of talent here. Ben talked about how the offensive line kept him upright. Now, granted, he had to run around some. The receivers are tremendous. The old the old saying of live to fight another day doesn't always seem to uh, be something that resonates with uh, with Delora. The uh, yeah, that's that's an excellent point. It's uh, I think it's something that, you know, when we're out here talking about it, it's not nearly as easy to recognize that, uh, especially in in the fast twitch element of what's happening. You you get into these conversations where it's like, quote unquote, big moments, but every mistake, and I don't mean to pick on Ben here, but every mistake is a big moment when it happens. You don't know, if, you know, here's a play at third and seven. If it's an incomplete pass, yeah, all right. You know, you but, settled but you for know a, what I mean, though. Long yeah, third down, yeah. you needed the score. That's big moment, but absolutely yeah, every turnover is is going to yeah, hurt yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, so, so obviously you can't have four turnovers regardless of when those happen. Right. And, and you have to be, you know, a little bit. Yeah. I, I think Mike, you're kind of touching on it here. That whole next play mentality is something that remains very difficult for him because he's, he's an extraordinarily confident young man who believes he can make plays and has made plays like that all his life. And he's a you talented know? quarterback. Yeah. That's yeah. the yeah. thing. And that's it. Dealing for the void of talent right there. That's And, yeah. and I, that, I think, is the problem. There's never going yeah. to – Delora is, hopefully, always going to believe that he can make a big play. Uh, the problem is that sometimes you just have to make a good play. Yeah. And even if the good play is eight yards as opposed to the big play that you think is going to be 35 and get you on the highlight, screw the highlight, and just keep the ball moving. Right. And then, Ben, when you talked about it, too, where, you know, he uh, the, the play where, you know, he forces it into double coverage right there. That to me was a huge problem because, again, you had 10 yards of open space in front of you. It's the knowing when to run. And I have no problem with him running on that last play of the game. I think it was kind of apropos. They didn't get it by a half yard, but I have no problem with that. But at the same time, though. When you're throwing into double coverage, and I don't want to hear the part about, well, you know, it was tipped or whatever. No, I mean that's part of the that's part of the throw right there is you don't probably don't want to throw it to a defensive back that can tip the ball right there. Again, there was a lot of good stuff to take from this. One thing that we do need to talk about for uh, just a brief second, if you could bring it up right here, Jacob, the A player of the game or whatever it is. Um, sorry. Um <laughs> T Mac is a monster. Yeah. T Mac is an absolute I mean, nine catches, 161 yards. Um, that's what an NFL wide receiver looks like right there. Um, he looks different than everybody else out there. Had that huge Hail Mary catch at the uh, um, at the end of the game or at the end of the uh, first half. When you got dudes like that, you got to let him make some plays there, fellas. Yeah, I mean, you have a plethora of not only receivers, but really, really talented guys. And I think 
you know, not to hate too much on JDL, but that that's so what's so frustrating about it is it's not like you don't have the talent and you don't have the pieces to keep the ball moving and make big plays on the offensive side. But, you know, I think T-Mac's a perfect example. You know, when you need to go deep, he's there. When you need to get chunk yardage plays, he's also there as well. But, you know, the JDL thing is is weird in a sense that, he is a great, talented quarterback like we've talked about. He can do a number of different things for you. You definitely would rather have him than not have him. But I just get the sense that he goes out there on certain downs and says, you know, this is going to be my home run play. This is what we're going to do, and I don't care what it takes. I'm going to throw the ball 25 yards down the field. Hate that mentality. You've got to realize that you've got to take what the defense gives you and stop playing like there's no tomorrow. And I think – Go ahead, go ahead Mick. Yeah. Yeah, No, just stop playing like there's no tomorrow. And, you know, you can be a little bit reckless and like I love the being aggressive, but just to be stupid and and reckless against a team like this, you know, you're not up by three or four touchdowns. I mean, this isn't the Patrick Mahomes practice uh, uh, part of practice where we get to, you know, design some crazy plays and have some fun. No, you're you're playing in a big time game on the road against an SEC opponent. So you just got to be smarter than that. And if, if he doesn't have these turnovers, you know, circling back to what we said earlier, I think from a talent standpoint, Arizona looked like the better team, did they not? I mean, all around, yeah, I think I if, thought they if, were. if JDL plays better, you know, they could win by 10 to 14 points, I think, in this game if we don't shoot ourselves in the foot. Yeah, I think it's very there's possible. There's a lot to take, a lot of good stuff to take away. Shu, I wanted to uh, get you to touch on something Ben just brought up, though, where I because I, I was kind of noticing that as well, and I noticed it last year. Do you think there's just plays with uh, Jaden Delora where he's already – Synced in on I'm gonna make the, I'm gonna do whatever the defense is I'm gonna make this pass right here. Uh, for for those who were uh, viewing the television broadcast, this was brought up early in the game uh, during either interception two or three, where the announcers were suggesting that Mississippi State had a tell on uh, Delora that Delora maybe was at a stage in his career where he, where he wasn't looking off receivers or you had an idea of where he was going with the pass, and it seemed to be something that they were able to uh, capitalize on. Whether that is something that other teams recognize or whether it even exists uh, is something that we might find out uh, throughout the course of the campaign because, again, you know, he still made some big plays and he got some open and he's got some talent around him. So, you know, whatever Mississippi State may have thought it saw in the first quarter didn't necessarily see uh, in the next three. Uh, but it's there. It also is that it's hard to get a gauge on here. And I think that's, he is going to be a point of frustration. I guess the quarterback very often is, but we are in an interesting time where you can see the talent and you can also live the frustration. And so I'm curious with you guys, I mean, what do you do about it? You know, you're not going to bench him, are you? You're, he, he, he's going to be the starter next week, you're isn't he? And he's going to be the starter for most him. of the year, isn't he? You're not going to bench him, but I do think there has to be a point where this isn't Keith Smith out here. This isn't a player that deserves, I think, the the benefit of, you know, no matter what happens, we are, uh, we're going to ride with you on that one. Keck, you'll like this. It's not like you got Jake Plummer out there or somebody like that that you know exactly what they can do. That is, that's the question though. I don't, because you can't, I mean, let's be honest here and I'm going to let you guys think on this real quick, but let's first get to the bet MGM. Uh, let's get it to bet MGM read. Now I was telling everybody all week that I liked Arizona to, uh, to win. Now, if you took it for me, you should have said, Mike, we're just going to take it to cover and you would have had easy money right there. Now, check it out. Sign up for BetMGM. Use bonus code PHNX. Place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through BetMGM Sportsbook mobile application of at least $10. You will receive $200 instantly in additional winnings regardless of the wager's outcome. Let's hear from the great Shane Diefenbach. Problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA. 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. But see, guys, with when it comes to JDL, I don't believe that he has the uh, I don't believe that he has the credits built up to be where we're just going to ride with you all season. Now, again, I'm not saying don't start him, but if he's got another three interception first half, 
I think you got to at least see what Noah Fafita can do back there. Well, okay, well, the do thing, you go, go ahead. ahead? I'm sorry. No, no, no. You go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the thing is, right? I mean, this is a this is a three point game. You're going into overtime. If if Arizona's getting blown out and they're down 21, 28 at the half, I think it's a completely different conversation. To me, JDL, you know, for better or worse, right? I, I kind of think he is who he is at, at this point, and. You know, memory is going to be short. You're going to play UTEP next week. He's probably going to throw for, what, 500 yards. But if this becomes a pattern, Mike, where he's doing this in big-time games against schools like Washington, schools like USC, I think at that point it's fair to have that conversation. But just the way the game played out, it definitely worked out in his favor. So it's it's a complicated answer for sure. I can't really give you a straight answer on that one. And, and, maybe, and maybe that's going to be the difficulty. Straight answer. <laughs> and maybe that's going to be the difficulty overall as uh, well you're looking at. Because, you know, we the most popular guy on every football team is the backup quarterback. No doubt. And we know that the backup quarterback's got a lot of talent, but we also don't know in big situations, uh, you know, what he's uh, going to be able to do either. It's nice to have him in the fold. Uh, but, you know, I, I get the feeling that – and I'm not necessarily against it either. I, I get the feeling Arizona's sticking with Delora. And they're going to yeah, stick yeah, sure. and there. And but I am curious if they were go to to go in a different direction. Is this a program that can afford taking the risk of taking a step back, uh, you know, in terms of because they're obviously progressing. And again, right. I'm not sure that this is a conversation we had last week. I'm not sure they're they they have six slash seven win talent, but I'm not sure they're going to win six slash seven games because they happen to be playing a lot of teams in this conference that have 9, 10, and 11 win talent. Uh, and and games like this where you move forward and then back up a little bit kind of suggest that you're going to – There, I think there are a lot of teams on the schedule that are ultimately better than Mississippi State. Yeah. And, and, and if you're turning the ball over four times against them, even though Arizona's better defensively, are they going to be able to stay in a game where they're giving up, you know, in regulation 24 points? against uh, some of the uh, upper tier in this league. I'm not as convinced that's going to happen. And then you're in a position where you're 14 down, you're 17 down, and, you know, it makes it just a little bit more difficult to get back into it. So there, obviously Arizona has to shore things up. And again, you guys are right. There's a lot of positives to take out of it. The overarching aspect of it is that Arizona was a better football team than an SEC team on the road and had an opportunity to win a game and probably should have won that game. Uh, so if you can take that positive out of it and try to grow from it, then you again feel better about where the trajectory is going. And that gets into the difficult aspect of the conversation as to whether you want to pull a quarterback or not. Right. Now, let's talk about the defense here because there was a lot of good things to take away from that. That's for you, Anthony Humbert and uh, Shane Robertson. We got to talk, first of all, about my guy, Big Bill Norton in there. Um, Big Bill Norton uh, was awesome in the first game. Looks totally different than everybody else on the line because he's about 6'4", 360 pounds. But Schuster, after that first three, and Ben, after that first or those first three drives, this defense performed admirably across the board from stopping the run to the passing game. You know, sure, there was a couple missed tackles, yeah. and that was definitely a huge missed tackle in overtime off the screen yeah. pass. But overall, though, if you told me going into this game that this defense was going to be responsible for only two touchdowns, yes, please. Especially considering, too, how long they were out on the field, especially in the first half when the offense was giving them no chance turning the ball over with all those JDL interceptions. They did phenomenal. I mean, Norton was the main guy up there. Upshaw got in. Martel Irby, who got a scholarship. I know he didn't play much in the second half, but he had some big-time tackles there back in the secondary where they were shorthanded today. This defense passed the eye test, and that's what we talked about last week against NAU where – it looks improved. It looks better on paper. It looks better, certainly looking at them on the screen. But how are they going to do against a, a better opponent? And today um, they held their will. And I think that's what you're seeing with this Arizona program in general is when you have a solid foundation on the line of scrimmage, both the O-line and D-line, that gives you a lot of room to do some different things, both good and bad. And to me, I think the the point that maybe some folks aren't really thinking about big picture or may go a little bit unnoticed after this game is, to me, that O-line and that D-line is the reason why this is a seven-point loss and not a you know 21 to 24-point loss, Mike. 
Schuster, what do you think about the defense right here, just in large? Because, again, before the game, you kind of called it. You said, you know, they they. I think that it's basically going to be something where you might struggle initially, and then they figure it out. And that's exactly what happened. Before we get to this, I'll, I'll do our friend Jose a little bit of a favor here because Jose says that uh, he believes that this team is good enough to get to a bowl game. I agree with that. I, I think Arizona is a so, – so we're talking about a semantics issue here, just to be clear. I think Arizona is a six or seven – has six or seven win talent. That's good enough to get you to a bowl game. But I look at the schedule in the conference, and it becomes a little bit difficult for them to get there because I think a lot of the teams that they're going to play are better. doesn't mean Arizona isn't going to get there, but sure. I do think it's a difficult obstacle. This Winning this game would have helped them, obviously, quite a bit to get a little bit closer. That's all. Um, in terms of the defense, you have to feel good. One of the things that I think we've seen in two games now is that um, Arizona seems to go into the scouting report throughout the course of the week, knowing what it wants to do, gets into the game. Things don't necessarily work as well as they're supposed to. And then they get reminded about what was in the scouting report, do necessary adjustments and improve significantly. It, the, or the first seven or eight minutes of this game, you're thinking, holy crap, this is going to be 38 to 10. And this is Arizona is Arizona is going to get slapped around. This is a wake up call. They've still got a long way to go. All of those things. And despite throwing three interceptions in the first quarter on the road in a game where they probably should have been blown out early, the defense kept them around because the defense did the adjustments necessary. And they've got the talent uh, upgrade that has allowed them to improve. Now, I don't expect them to hold every team they play. I think it's silly to expect with the offenses and quarterbacks in this conference to expect defenses to hold, uh, you know, the Arizona defense to uh, hold the upper echelon in this league to 24 points in regulation. But uh, this was a very good uh, uh, performance. And again, Arizona, I think, was better on both sides of the line. And their defense gave Mississippi State all kinds of fits. Again, Mississippi State is a team in offensive transition, which to a large degree has me completely baffled. They right. have they have for some reason decided that uh, they're they're not going to slow walk moving away from Leach to you know whatever other version they are, they have, even though they have a quarterback who's thrown for a ridiculous amount of yards as a result. They're just going to go to they're going to look for like like Oklahoma from 1974. I, I, half the time I felt like I was watching a Bud Wilkinson team out there. And, and meanwhile, you're going back even further. If you're going Bud Wilkinson, yeah. you're going into the fifties. <laughs> Barry Switzer, at least in the seventies. And meanwhile, their bleeping coach sounds like he's a contestant on the UFC contender series. So he's all about, you know, being tough and trying to get that identity in the running game and the rest of this stuff. I was like, Use your assets to some degree. So Mississippi State, I think, helped Arizona. But Arizona did an excellent job of locking that down and making it very difficult for that team to uh, move consistently on the offensive end. And it, give, it gave them a legitimate chance to win a, an SEC game on the road. I want to ask you something about Akina here in a second, shoe. But first, be honest, everybody. When was the last time Ben White and John Schuster went to Circle K? Today, my friend. Well, right. I tried to go to, you know, I tried to go to the Circle K at uh, Grant and Alvernon, but it wasn't very successful. All right. Well, you know what? You could go to the one. You could go to a nicer location, the one on Oracle and Grant, right there. That's a great one. Yes. Great area. Join, join Inner Circle for free by downloading the Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for details. Keck. All right. Um, you're an ASU fan, obviously. Yeah, six wins in year three, I would be more than okay with because Jed Fish inherited probably as bad a dumpster fire as you could inherit in college football. They had lost 12 straight games, won one of their previous 25 games. If you get six wins in year three, I am totally okay with that, especially in a loaded conference, John Schuster. May I? Yeah, yeah. It's an, it, it, let's, you know, it's great. What Sanderson to and it is. It's, He's not Dion. It, it's great for the future of the conference, uh, whatever that conference happens to be. Right. You know, with Arizona moving into another league, uh, that uh, Sanders is there, and Colorado has been able to do what it's done. But I think the bigger picture for most teams, and Arizona certainly falls under this category here. Do you guys and and, and most of the viewers here feel that Arizona has peaked? The answer is in no way, shape, or form. 
the cat trajectory continues to improve. They're obviously, you know, year one was a mess. We knew it was going to be a mess. It was a mess. Year two, we saw improvement. Year three, we're already seeing a team that's significantly more talented than they were in year two. You keep making, the concern starts to be when it feels like the process is plateauing. And if you look at uh, the, uh, you know, two most recent successful-ish coaches here, there was a point in time where Stoops yeah. had yeah. the elevator, the escalator, and then it leveled off. And when Rodriguez had the escalator, and then it leveled off. The concern is if it levels off, and it feels like it levels off at a point where you think you should be better than that. And Arizona isn't – for Arizona, the escalator is still climbing. Yeah. And so any worries about well year three this and year that and, you know, all that – all this stuff. Arizona's better now than it was in year two and obviously in year one of the Jed Fish era. So any concerns about where they actually are in regards to the time, to some time frame, I think is overall silly at this stage. What do you think about this, by the way? I, I saw this on a message board, and I, I actually li- I like this. JDL is the football version of Kirk Creesa, a wild ride of boneheaded decisions followed by clutch desperation plays. Don't I don't think that. he's – I, I don't uh, – yeah, yeah. But don't I, necessarily I, 100% agree with it either. Yeah, it's probably the way that I would look at that as well. Uh, you know, I, 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 there's there are a lot of plays that he also makes that aren't desperation, and, and those are the ones that you hope he continues to make to keep Arizona moving. One of the things that I'm fascinated with as well, and maybe you guys uh, can delve into this a little bit more. Yeah, not 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 that NAU's necessarily a you know a relevant example here, but I'm going to put in air quotes. They only scored 38 points. In today's game, it feels like Arizona has offensive skills to score more than 24 points. That there ought to, that that this is an offense that ought to be more consistent than it ultimately is, and have the ability to more consistently get into the end zone. Is there something I'm missing with that, or is that almost exclusively? Is that on it's, Fish or is that on Delora? It's. I think. I think it's on both. Right. It's. It's not the reason they lost today per se, but I think when you look at the players on this roster, and I think when you look at kind of the overall trajectory, I think the issue they've run into is just, it's obviously week two. And from a tempo standpoint, you haven't really been able to establish a whole lot of that. Um, We know fish runs a pro style offense. We know things can get a little bit conservative that time, but at the same time, you know, he will pull some trick plays out of his, his bag there. I just think it's hard from an identity standpoint. I think they're still trying to figure out, I guess what they want to be on offense. I think with JDL, it's tough because he can go out there and he can throw for three, 400 yards, three or four touchdowns, have a phenomenal game, or he can go out there and and throw for four or five picks like he did tonight. And when you have such a wild card at quarterback, I think that's the difference when you are talking about the offense and why aren't they scoring more points is you have a little bit more unknown and wild card at quarterback to be able to go out there and say, this is exactly how we want our offense to operate. I think it's a, it's a learning process. And despite the fact that this is, you know, year two for JDL, I still get the sense that they're still figuring that part out. By the way, shoot, we've had multiple comments about next post game. I need you to promise me something. You need to bring the Columbo picture back. We've had multiple people now mention this. Where has it gone? <laughs> oh, Columbo's here. You, yeah. you, we'll, we'll get Columbo. I, I am pleased to bring Columbo back into the fold uh, on my next appearance. Happy Ask to and you so. shall receive. Yes, that's what we like. By the way, uh, one of the super snaps. Um, let's pull this up right here. Back the A no matter what. That is the mantra that we got right there. I don't think anyone at Mississippi State expected a game like that. Hats off to the Cats for back a uh, battling back right there. Very, very good. Very good point right there. Um, J- oh, by the way, this is very funny. JDL just stopped it to get Oracle and Grant Circle K. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't oh, know why. No. <laughs> that makes me laugh. One thing we always hear this in football that you can really you can really figure out which you know which teams are really good by by the uh, the strengths on the line, and that was always a problem for Rich Rod. Obviously, Rich Rod's teams were always kind of puny on the line. There were a lot of Mike Luke's and Ben White suiting up right there during the best Tommy years. The best teams generally were very solid on both sides of the line, especially the defensive line. You look at 94, you look at 98, you had a lot of pros, you had a lot of All-Americans right there. That, to me, is maybe, outside of the wide receiver spot, the most impressive uh, improvement 
that has happened in Arizona under Jed Fish is the fact that you've got lines on both sides of the ball now that are no longer jo- they're no longer jokes. Go ahead, Ben. No, they're not. Um, they're not jokes, and I think that's what's been so remarkable about this turnover or this turnaround. Excuse me, the last two years is you've been able to find guys who are legit guys, guys that can go in there, guys who come from a background of either playing at another program or playing at a high level to a point where you know schools like Georgia, schools like Michigan want these guys, and you bring in Upshaw, you bring in Norton, you develop other guys on that line, and now you have a nice little cast of rotational guys, and we saw that rotation tighten up tonight. It's Mississippi State, but I think that's the key, and that's what college football is in 2023, and what's remarkable and what's awesome about it is Jed Fish has taken advantage of being able to go into that transfer portal always be recruiting, always bringing in guys. A year ago, I mean, this defense was giving up 37 points a game. Now, granted, it's it's two games in, but pretty, pretty impressive stuff tonight. I'd, I'd be hard to believe unless there's just catastrophic injuries everywhere or something goes wrong where this defense regresses compared to what it was last year. And it goes to show you, when you go in, when you're aggressive and when you're able to you know, be consistent in the transfer portal and, and and address that, you can get it taken care of pretty quickly. Whereas in the past, you would always have a hard time because the coaching staff, like you said, Mike, A, either wouldn't prioritize it, you would just get a bunch of small guys, or B, you were getting beaten out. It was hard to get it, guys like that in here. So um, I think right place, right time definitely has something to do with it. And I think the other part of it is the coaching staff just really making it a point of focus to say, hey, we're going to get bigger. We're going to get stronger up front because if we don't have that foundation up front, we're not going to do a whole lot as a team. You can have the best receivers out there. You can have the best quarterback out there. But if you're getting blown up on the line every single play, it's not going to do your offense or your defense much good at all. There all right, everybody, no- our buddy P. Posh is on right here. By the way, uh, John Schuster, do you know what a P. Posh is? This seems like um, something you might know. Why? Because it's a phrase from 1881? No, it's a Native American tribe of the Southwest. Oh, well, thank you, Mike, Wood, for providing us with information. Yeah, there you go right there. And yes, I agree with a lot of people. All right, now, all right, we're going to talk about the play calling here. Fair enough. Okay. Hey, Zeus VAC. I have a couple problems here. The one thing that I've, the one thing about Jed's play calling that does, that has annoyed me over the first couple of years is, he gets too cute, I think, at times. I think he tries to be kind of the smartest guy in the room type thing. That uh, the double reverse pass from JDL back to uh, uh, Wiley or vice versa, don't do that. Don't do that. You're moving the ball at will right there. It didn't catch really anybody off guard, and it wasn't close to being successful. Those are the kind of plays, sure, there's a time and place for them, but it never feels like those trick plays under Jed work. I think um, it feels like those trick plays aren't working nearly as much as they used to across college football as a whole and yeah. possibly across yeah. the NFL as a whole as well. One, uh, so go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. And then one other, but and here's a couple, a couple other things, but I do want to give Jed credit generally in Schuster. You're right. There was an exception, but there were a couple of exceptions here. I would have gone for it on the fourth and two right there with 22 seconds left. Um, fish obviously felt that, uh, his team was better and they could win in overtime. I'm, I'm going for it right there. I tweeted that out at the time, but generally, even though he didn't do it in this game, generally he's a pretty aggressive fourth down play caller. And I love coaches that are generally aggressive on fourth down. Granted, he didn't go for it from on fourth and seven from the Mississippi state 44 or whatever the case may be, but the trick plays, eliminate those like last year when they would do the wildcat that went nowhere this play was going nowhere stop doing it everybody now knows the wildcat uh and it's not just a team that uh is the mascot for the u of a uh everybody knows that play they've got it figured out they've seen it for 10 years now they know how to scout it they know what's happening you bring in a running back at quarterback and move somebody out he's going to run the ball between the tackles okay we get it uh so that that's a play that you know that's a play that as football has evolved just ought to be scrapped uh the and and in terms of and i don't mind addressing the fourth down thing to some 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 yeah go ahead but 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 the trick play thing, I think, is uh, something that Arizona just doesn't run well. And I think there's I I think there's a fine line to this. And it's one of these things that I remember. I think Rich Rod, let's use Rich Rod as an example, master offensive play caller. You know, obviously, Arizona had its share of issues during the Rodriguez era. But one of the things that Rodriguez, I think, was exceptional at was understanding the flow of the offense and giving his 
players opportunities to succeed. And they ran a relatively simple play that a lot of teams run that works. And it feels like a trick play, but it's a fairly simple play that's just difficult to defend historically for some reason. Simple wheel route. You bring a you bring a running back late, delayed into a pat into a uh, into a passing route, and lo and behold, sometimes it's tough for the linebacker to get and make that play. That's about as tricky as I want Arizona to get. You know, beyond that, you have the athletes there to give yourself an opportunity to move the chains and score. You have what two six five receivers. You have uh, uh, another guy who had as many receptions as anybody else in the conference last year. You have, and you have a quarterback who, you know, if he may, if he can get smarter, certainly has the ability to make plays. I think Arizona remains inconsistent in its running game, and that's something that it needs to improve. But generally speaking, you have guys on this roster who can, who can make plays, get in space, move the ball. You don't need to be screwing around with uh, trying to be cute, and. And a lot of that time, that, that that puts you in some difficult positions. I thought I understand some, some of the fourth down situations. A lot of when we get into these conversations, there's a, well, he absolutely should have and he absolutely shouldn't have. You know, there's a lot of gray area in these areas in, in a lot of these circumstances where certainly given the situation, it can go either way. And I thought fish on fourth down. Fell, fell into that category. You wanted him to go on fourth down to see if they can get into the end zone late in the game. I had no problem with them kicking the field goal at that point. I get it. Yeah. And I get both perspectives. Absolutely understand where you're coming from. But I was, I, I was fascinated that they did not go for it on fourth and seven uh, in Mississippi State territory at about That's the 45-yard right. line. That one fascinated me, and that one I didn't expect and, and – and felt like I wanted them to go for it there. But I get Fish's logic. You're playing well defensively. There's nothing wrong with playing field position. If you get three and out in that situation, as Arizona had, you know, Mississippi State was having a hard time moving the ball. Arizona had a little bit of momentum. Get the ball back at around the 35 or 40-yard line on a punt, you're in pretty good field position. I get it. It's not the decision I would have made, but I get it. Going forward on fourth and two inside your own territory, I thought was pretty interesting. And that was one where I probably would have punted. And he got the first down. Didn't get it by much, but Arizona got the first down, was able to keep the drive alive, and it turned out to be successful. So there are some, you know, I would say that I understand, but he and I wouldn't necessarily see eye to eye in when you go forward in those situations, just as Mike and Ben. You don't necessarily see eye to eye with him and eye to eye with me, and I think a lot of the viewers uh, feel the same way. Uh, but in all of those instances, I at least understood the logic, even if it wasn't necessarily in line with what I would have done in a given situation. Speaking of seeing things out there on the field, Ben, Ben White, when was the last time you wore shady rays? Uh, I couldn't tell you. Tell me more. All right. Here's <laughs> Ben. I like that right here. <laughs> Exclusively for our listeners. Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code PHNX for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized, not polarizing sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. And oh, geez. After this game, many people, you might be a little amped. You might say, man, I need to get some good sleep right here. OG's multi-flavor bags. Check out our friends at OG's brands for yourself and try one or a few of their many delicious flavors. Check them out across all socials at OG's brands and online at ogsbrands.com. You find them at a local dispensary near you. Must be 21 years or up to enjoy. All right. To the ASU people in here. Schuster and I have talked about this for years. Here's the difference between Arizona and ASU. You don't matter nationally in football. We don't matter nationally in football. We matter nationally in basketball. You don't matter nationally in basketball. You can have wrestling. You can have whatever you want right there. Arizona at least has one thing that is a nationally renowned product. Arizona State has nothing. You're famous for having a president that doesn't know what streaming is. All right, go ahead. Sorry, John Schuster. Oh, it's okay. Uh, if you don't mind going back to the, one of the fourth downs, 22 seconds left. You wanted them to go on fourth and two, right? Mm -hmm. uh, why? Just curious. Which one are we talking to at the end, of the, end of the game? game? We're talking late fourth in the quarter. You want yeah, them yeah. to go for the end it. of regulation. Yes, because they settled for the field goal. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. because I, I have a quarterback I don't trust. 
Um, this is a game that is on the road. And honestly, I don't, and this sounds bad because I don't know I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. I don't really, I don't, I don't know that J- Jaden Delora has a, cl- a, a clutch gene to him. There doesn't seem to be a lot of plays that I look back, a lot of games that I look back and say, man, Arizona won that because of a big Jaden Delora play. Now, I granted, he's going to have to make a big play on fourth and two. I totally sure. get all that, but I would have gone. I would have gone for it right there. I would have played for the win. Um, I know that they, they had two or three timeouts at that point. You had three timeouts. Yeah. Okay, call, all right. call a timeout right there, then go for it. Um, I don't like playing for, uh, especially on the road, I don't like playing for, uh, especially two, because a lot of times you got kickers that get the yips. I don't trust college kickers, although we do like Tyler Loop on this show. Not Tyler Luke, Tyler Loop. Loop. Um, but uh, I would have gone for it there, uh, mainly because I think you have the momentum at that point. I think when you went into overtime, uh, the second Mississippi State scored, and I'll, I'll let you guys speak for it from there. I didn't think that Arizona was going to get in the end zone. It just didn't feel like that was going to happen. See, to me, Shu, and I'm curious your take on this when you say people not seeing eye to eye, the reasons that Mike just laid out all regarding JDL, to me, that's the reason why you kicked the field goal. You feel like you may not be able to trust him in that situation. You feel like he might screw up. You run the clock down. Your defense is keeping you in that game. Your running game has found some momentum. You're able to get some guys in space on the receiving side, get some chunk plays, move the ball. You kick the field goal. You go into overtime. You like your chances at that point. But no, to your point, Mike, once that happened in OT, you felt like it was over. But I get why you kicked the field goal um, in that situation. But it's, it's interesting either way. Yeah, I I do too. And again, it's one of those examples where I can see both both ways. It it even to me is a little less Delora related. Uh, it's one of those things where you feel like you're the better team and you have momentum. And I think Arizona had had shown that for the most part, in terms of from a play to play standpoint, if you were watching the two teams out there, Arizona had Arizona was doing more than Mississippi State was. That gives you an opportunity to feel pretty good about how things could go in overtime. So. You got you to be able to make a 36-yard field goal. He made it easily. You've got the tie. In overtime also, offenses generally are where things are dictated here. Mississippi State's having a hard time moving the ball. They're pretty one-dimensional. And Arizona has a lot more versatility in that regard. I like the Cats' chances in OT, too. So I totally get where Fish was thinking. I think he was looking ahead. It just ultimately didn't work. And there are a couple plays in OT that seem to be reminiscent of maybe many of the conversations we're going to have regarding Arizona uh, throughout the course of this year. Um, Yeah, I mean, OT... And sorry to cut you off, but in OT, you're what you're two plays away from potentially winning or at least being competitive in OT, right? It's it's the missed tackle on that screen pass, and and it's the miss it's the miss throw to Cowing. If Delora throws it a little bit more to the left, Mm -hmm. that's a first down. They get in, they tie, they win the game because he had a lot of space in front of him. Yes, he did. And those are an example. So so uh, fish fish made a calculated gamble that should have worked, and and. You know, sometimes there are variables that just ultimately don't work in uh, in, in in that position. Again, I get I, I completely get Mike's take on it. And you've got sure. timeouts yeah. to where you feel comfortable. And you've got two six five receivers. Uh, so, you know, go for the win on the road. It's an aggressive call. It sets up a character. Uh, you know, if you're playing for character or trying to get an identity for the team and believe in your players, all of that makes perfect sense. It's, you know, fish in that regard went the direction that I would have gone. But again, I completely understand, Mike, where you're going from uh, uh, from that perspective. And maybe it would have worked better for the cats in that regard. All right. Uh, Jacob Franklin did not mean to put Rudy in timeout. Sorry, Rudy. Uh, okay. Come uh, come back in, Rudy. Well, whatever. I'll, I'll message Rudy. Um, the uh, what I I got a better comparison and uh, I got a better JDL comparison. Is there a little Shakur in JDL right there? And that you look at him, looks the part, can make all the plays, but when it really comes down to it, you're going to have a lot of dumb plays at the end of the game that probably aren't going to result in a win, John Schuster. Well, I think the uh, the area where I might separate a little bit from the attempted parallel there is that Shakur was never particularly flashy. Delora is almost all flash. <laughs> and so and so there's a very different person. I understand the Kerr aspect of what folks are saying uh, uh, in the uh, breakdown 
uh, as well, and I can see that. Though both of them play for Flash. Shakur, Shakur wanted to be a steady performer, uh, and and so I I think their personalities are vastly different in that regard. Dude. Did playing coy against NAU cost us the game? Please discuss. I see. I don't think so. I think that these. I think these turnovers were going to happen either way, and that's why I'm a little. That's why I'm concerned, obviously, about Delora because Delora had three or four really, really bad plays against NAU as well. Interception, the fumble. Again, if this is this something that. Arizona, and again, I know I'm coming back to the same question here, but it looks like the rest of the team right here is pretty talented. Is this? Is, do you have a leash on him, Shu? I mean, honestly, you know, I don't well, think you have a leash. As we have progressed through this show, I can see where the coaching staff is trying to run this through its head as well. Again, you know, I, I, I know the backup has talent, uh, and maybe the backup doesn't make as many mistakes, and the backup's better. And I can, but. You know, you've got a, you've still got a trajectory of a program that's moving in a positive direction, and you have a talent in Delora that's clearly there. Uh, so at some point, you know, you're in this, you're in an interesting situation uh, where you know you're trying to figure out is this guy, is this just what it's always going to be, and we deal with it, or do we believe that we can't, you know, as a program and as a team. You can't consistently make those mistakes week in and week out. And perhaps a lesson here that maybe works for Delora is, dude, if you keep turning the ball over, we're going to the other guy. Maybe right. that's a good psychological move. Yeah. Uh, Joey McManus, to answer your question, redshirt freshman. Uh, go ahead, Ben. What were you going to say? Yeah, and I think I think that's where it's so interesting, where you look at the opponents that they have, you look at what the, Delora's done, if this is a pattern, if we're playing UTEP and he's throwing four or five picks, absolutely. But Arizona, I think what a lot of us didn't expect is the roster as a whole, at least two weeks in, is a lot further along than we expected. Yeah. And we weren't necessarily, I guess, ready to have to answer the question on Delora. We always thought, hey, you know, this team has more talent. They'll be competitive. Hopefully they can get to a bowl game. But man, you're you're in a game with a, an SEC opponent on the road week two, and you're what two less turnovers away from potentially winning by double digits. I think nobody saw that coming. So now the coaching staff really has to scratch their head and say, hey, how do we go about this? Because he's clearly talented. He clearly can move the ball. But if he's going to cost you in big moments, I mean, he could be the difference between, you know, winning four, five, six games and maybe winning seven or eight and, and surprising people. And it's just a matter of how quickly and what are going to be the factors ultimately that make that transition. And I don't think it's a black and white answer. I really don't. Just given the situation, given the schedule, um, it'll be interesting. I mean, right. we could get to a point where we've beat some opponents in the Pac-12 part of the schedule that we weren't necessarily supposed to beat. And this team is on the, you know, on the edge of making a bowl or, or doing something bigger. And you might have to make a decision if, if Dolores stinking it up out there, you might have to put Fafita out there and and, and ride with him. So it it's a complicated answer. I don't think there's really a, a black and white answer on this Chase one. Chase Garcia, to answer your question, I would not start him. I think Gunnar Maldonado is not a good uh, defensive back, but yeah, get into get into that. I don't understand why we're playing. I, I have no, I have no clue. Um, for people that don't know, the one thing about Gunnar Maldonado is he's always been a quarter or a, a guy who can hit pretty hard, but he is a terrible liability. Not just a liability, a terrible liability in pass coverage. And you saw that in the first uh, drive of the second half, where he comes right back in after being suspended for the first half and immediately bites on the uh, immediately bites on the play action and gives up the touchdown over. Over his uh, head. That's just going to be who he is. That's also a uh, that's also a coach, or excuse me, that's also uh, something that, that co the coach is going to have to answer right there. I don't I don't get that one at all. I have no clue. By the way, the great Jacob Franklin is apologizing to Rudy Martinez. Jacob Franklin, never do that again. We're big fans of Rudy Martinez on this show. All right, Peeposh makes a great point. By the way, what is a Peeposh, John Schuster? Uh, it's uh, something that you told me a few minutes ago. Thank and you. And I appreciate the info. The <laughs> right. Yes. All right. 
Um, now, I actually I, I like this point here. I would make JDL look for the run half the time to cut down on mistakes and to force def- uh, defense to keep a key on him and open up the secondary. I like that idea. I think there's still too many times where Delora has 10 to 15 yards in front of him and he doesn't take it. Um, yeah. You know, like you can never. Uh, what's the old phrase? You can never go broke taking a gain. Yeah, I think that's pretty close. What do you I think that was a I think that was a peeposh phrase. That was a peeposh phrase. Now, what is a peeposh? Uh, the, they were the people who invented that phrase. Yes, for sure. <laughs> what do you think about that? I think it's a good point, though. Yeah, I think I, I think so. And it's probably that was an interesting comment. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at the uh, comments on the side, which is a rarity for me. I'm 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 very slowly uh, understanding tech a little bit. And uh, 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 full disclosure, full disclosure here. Uh, You're a radio refugee. It's okay. Uh, yeah, that I am. Occasionally, radio our pal refugee. Brad Alice is. <laughs> occasionally, our pal Brad Alice is on this show, and uh, and on other shows uh, with uh, you guys as well. And uh, Brad and I went to the uh, Metallica concert uh, last Friday, I think it was. Where you hung out with Modelo? Uh, yeah, and I uh, also uh, was hanging out with uh, Lars, who apparently had COVID that night. Uh, so who know? You, you know, I, I don't know what strain I have from. Uh, 722 yards away from the venue, but, you know, I could be in trouble. Anyway, uh, you know, we were talking about uh, the broadcasts and so forth, and Brad was uh, saying something to the effect of, oh, I like to have the comments open on the side. And I think what the only comments we see are the ones that you bring across. So I don't know what's going on. So it was because of our you good pal, Brad Alice. Comments here? Yeah, I, I had no idea that there were the, you know, there, there are two uh, buttons up here at the top, one that says private chat, and the other that says comments. I have entirely ignored those, probably because you and Ben are so cute. Uh, and I just can't take your eye, my eyes off of you. And, and so it's very difficult to move over to the right side of the screen. But there was something that uh, one of the folks in the comment section that everybody else now. on this broadcast has always looked at, um, who said something to the effect that when he was at Texas Tech, Mahomes made some bonehead plays as well. And... I thought that was kind of interesting growing, you know, you're trying, trying to work your way through the situation, trying to figure out what it is. And I think that's the gamble. And it's kind of like what Stephen Curry has done uh, for the NBA, where now everybody thinks they're a three point shooter, but they shoot about 22% from behind the arc. Uh, You have also a bunch of Mahomeses who, you know, do you have Mahomes or do you have Kyler Murray? And and there are a bunch of guys who also have all kinds of talent that can run all over the place and are changing the dynamic of football as we know it. And four times a game, they do something absolutely idiotic that drives you completely bonkers. Uh, and, and Delora is in the latter category now. And we hope that he's somebody who can move into the smarter category that gives Arizona a better opportunity to limit its mistakes. Do your wardrobe and the ambiance surrounding you is something <laughs> that I think we're maybe not yeah. playing up enough right now. Now, <laughs> when is the pink rugby shirt coming back? Uh, well, you know, hey, the next broadcast I've on, and I'm a, hopefully I remember this because this is very important priority stuff. I have to have the Colombo uh, art piece. And by the way, that's a print of only 250. Uh, so I have to have the Colombo uh, art piece for like and four months there, shoe. And uh, I have to, I have to wear the pink, I have to break out the pink rugby jersey on the same night. Both of those are possible. So I, I will do my very best to remember uh, on the next broadcast with which I am. Maybe we can get Jaden Delora pink r- rugby uh, jersey as well. Yeah. By the luck. way, let's. Let's pull up by the numbers right here, put together by Jacob Franklin. All right. Well, um, other than the fact, can we take this remark off? Okay. Thank Robert Madrill. You're, um, I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, gained. I'm just doing this math in my head. You're 430 to 305. Um, but let's, yeah, let's play a line right there. That's not going to work. No, it's not going to work and play a little game. Let's let's cover up the score and cover up that third line. Who's the better team who wins? Arizona, uh, right? Yeah. But that yeah. third line is there, my friend. It is there. Is it? Jacob Franklin, can you get rid of this third line? I think we win then. <laughs> I don't I don't think so. Believe <laughs> Jacob Franklin can get rid a of lot that. Of editing on the fly right there. <laughs> now, that would be very very impressive. Overall though, Mike uh, the Diva Luke constantly making it difficult on his staff. 
overall, oh, by the way, Del Taco security camera, the official camera of SEC replays. Do not besmirch the Del Taco. I had the Del Taco double Del today. Schuster, have you had the Del Taco double Del yet? It's It's been a while, but I was very impressed with last week's broadcast uh, uh, when you put uh, Jeffries and Lovett on the spot. I didn't eat all day yesterday, Mike. Because I was busy up until like 7 p.m., so I had two double Dells, and that was my uh, food yesterday. Franklin, for people out there that don't know what we're talking about, let me pull. Can we pull up the uh, the Lamont Lovett, uh, Brian Jeffries trying the Del Taco cheeseburger? Right there we here. go. Here it is. So there's Brian. There's Lamont. They're both looking at me. The audio isn't great, but I'll, I'll give you the play-by-play right there. Look at this. Look at this. Oh, oh, oh! Look at the goat. Look at the Man. goat. Man, I'm seeing like 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 one of the comments that I just discovered. Man, you can see all kinds of nil potential in this. Yes. Yeah, no, this, this is, is riveting video too. You know, Brian <laughs> Jeffries known for a very dry sense of humor and a you know a fairly straight shooter. And when Brian Jeffries didn't even look at me and after the first bite said not bad, I knew that he meant not bad. Mm-hmm. Whereas most people, when they say not bad, this sucks. All right, right. Well, you, you know, Jeffries an honest guy. He right. he conducts an honest broadcast, and that's one of the many reasons that he is the honest voice of the uh, Wildcats. I was also impressed with Ben a little bit earlier uh, proclaiming his love for having two doubles at Del Taco by telling us that he's the only one who actually has a real job and bothers to work on a regular <laughs> basis because he's out until 7 until seven p.m. It was an excellent humble brag there, White. That, was, that wasn't the way intention, to put, but way I'll, way to, I'll take it. <laughs> way, to put us, way to put our lazy asses in our place. Yeah, no, I've, that's the way it is. But overall, getting back to the game right here, I am happy. Again, nobody likes the loss, especially how the loss happened. But I will say that I am I am stoked about just the overall direction of the program as I spit out just thinking of a Del Taco right there. Not spit in a bad way. But um, overall, though, the line is much bigger. The players are much bigger. You need to have a more steady QB play. But overall, I think things are definitely headed in the right trajectory, like you said, Shu, and the escalator is going up. It's not just – it's not one of those uh, uh, airport escalators that just sends you straight. Yeah, this is one of those – you, you come out of this game frustrating because you <laughs> – that's a great point. Yeah. You, you come out of this game frustrated because Arizona was the better football team and probably should have won the game. Right. Uh, but I suspect as this season progresses, there's enough talent on this roster if they stick with it and clean it up that – some of these post-game shows are going to be a little bit different, that the moral victory thing is, is not going to be a thing that's discussed, but instead it's an actual victory that's going to be discussed, where Arizona takes another step in a positive direction because they've beaten a legitimate uh, conference foe uh, that is having a uh, very good year. Arizona certainly has the talent to be in most of the games that they're going to play this year and obviously has the talent to win some of those as well. But... You know, if you're turning the ball over five times, that's not going to happen. If you don't do that, you you put yourself in position to get some W's, and hopefully there are some uh, happier post games in our future. Ben White, yeah, what's your, what your final synopsis, your autopsy, and a look ahead into the uh, unknown? Get, get get your pen and paper ready. This is this is a plus wisdom right here. <laughs> no, I think I think shoes exactly right, and, and to build off of that, I think the talent is there. It's here quicker than I think a lot of us thought it would be. And it's really going to be, for me, the area that I'm watching game by game is that quarterback spot. I think the offensive line is solid, assuming they can stay healthy. By the way, Jordan Morgan, he's going to be an NFL player. I mean, we've, we've said that for a while, but if he stays healthy, he is going to be a heck of a lineman. I mean, he he had some plays uh, tonight where he was able to really buy JDL some time there, just knocking it out, take taking the mission to heart. So I think the lines are good. I think the talent is there on the defensive line. I think the talent is better all across the board. But I think from a quarterback standpoint, it's going to be a wild card for a little bit, potentially all year. I mean, JDL is might end up being the reason why Arizona's winning or losing a lot of these games where, you know, you could be up, you know, in an opponent on an opponent. And unfortunately, turnovers could be your downfall, kind of like they were tonight. So that's that's what I'm going to be looking for. And it's not really going to be an answer that's going to be answered. That's going to be resolved here uh, quickly because you play UTEP. Um, I get it. UTEP's better, but UTEP's not an SEC. Opponent. For an upset. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> you go at Stanford. Stanford's terrible. I don't really care what happens there. Um, but, you know, you go up against Washington and if JDL is, is going to have a tough time and, you know, if, if Arizona's in that game, right, if their defense holds up, they look good, they're able to they're able to somehow stay in the game. It becomes interesting if, if JDL is uh, stinking it up up there. So uh, we could very well be talking about and having the same similar conversation um, in two weeks. Um, hopefully we're not, but we very well could. So this is a week to week team. It is a bit of a roller coaster at the quarterback uh, spot, but they're very talented. Um, if they can stay healthy, they're going to be better than people think for sure. All right. For John Schuster again, Sean Schuster, when you come back here next week, you have, obviously, you know what you've got to do. Come back next time, Mike Luke. But again, with bringing around, again, they're two different items. I'm not going to even remind you, you need to be able to speak to the, uh, you need to be able to speak to this. Uh, Jose Vasquez, um, it does look like, uh, I don't think it's serious, but it looks like Irby and um, Dalton Johnson got a little dinged up. Polito did not play. Um, All right, Ben White. All you need to do is keep bringing yourself. If you could upgrade your microphone a little bit, many people have complained about the microphone, yes, including sure. Franklin behind the scenes. So, but anyways, for everybody out there, obviously appreciate all of you in there. Great comments. Uh, we'll get more Del Taco talk in. Obviously we've got to do that. Uh, John Schuster has announced that he understands what the comments section is. That is very, very good. It's a huge night. I do actually feel like you've missed out on tens of thousands of thousands of comments now, but we'll make up for lost time. Spread the word. But again, we'll talk with you guys next. Well, I'll be back with you Monday uh, at 11 o'clock, but uh, uh, Ben Chu, we'll be back uh, with you next weekend. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.